0: To brow or not to bra, exploring a journey of life's unpredictable twists and turns, how to claim your personal power from within and lead a fun, fulfilled, soul driven life, one epic, hilarious, insightful coffee chat at a time. Let's get real, let's get raw. This is your host, Em, on Brow or Not to Brow. Hey guys. Welcome back to Tabra or Not Tabra. I'm super pumped for today's episode. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, if you haven't, now you'll know. Here on Tabra or Not Tabra, we move beyond the traditional ways that we tend to typically think about health, wellness, and personal growth. So we're getting super curious about how good life can be. And one area that I've been interested in diving into for a while now is human design. I didn't really know much about it. I thought it was like way too woo-woo for me and I started seeing it more recently. So I've I've been diving in like I've been getting really curious about it which basically means a lot of google searching and following human design profiles on Instagram. But honestly, I'm I'm not a pro and I really wanted to see what the heck this whole human design thing is really about? Like, is it legit? What's it all about? How does this apply to me? How do I get to use this to embody the fullness of who I am mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? and is it is it fun? Is it enjoyable? So I couldn't think of a better person to delve into this with than Allison Colin a human design expert and CEO of You Do Woo. Allison, she's, she's so freaking cool, you guys. So she has spent the past 15 years working as both a business manager in the music industry. We'll get into that. Fun stories there. And a business coach in the health and wellness world. She also has a background in counseling and obviously a certification in human design. And all this naturally led to her starting her business and her podcast in early 2020. You know, if you remember when the world was in a massive state of disarray and she knew that fellow mamas out there and entrepreneurs needed to be able to make sense out of their current reality. So Allison offers human design readings. She has courses on manifestation, energetic decluttering, vision boarding, so many cool things. One thing that I, that I love that she offers is taking a break from alcohol in order to tap into your intuition and divine gifts. So when Allison and I first connected, she told me that starting in 2020 and continuing through 2027, all right, so a span of seven years, we're two years in, there is an evolution in human consciousness that's happening that's requiring us as humans to tap into our intuition and start making decisions from our own authority. And when I first heard her talk about that, I was freaking out because I was like, all right, well, that's literally what this podcast is all about. And me as a human and my coaching and everything. And we look at in this episode how a human design might be the most prominent tool that you will find to help you navigate through the next few years. Elson takes us through what human design is and how we can use this as a tool to create alignment and simplicity through the complexity of life. So it's, it's basically just another tool in our toolkit for how to be epic and live our most amazing life. So looking at your human design type as a, a reference, a frame, and guidance to make the empowering choice throw out any rules that you think you have to follow and start following what feels good, what works for you. And then we get into, ah, I love this so much. We get into our nervous system overload and how we are like walking around as creatures right now, just constantly overloaded with stimuli and how to stay grounded when we go into this fight or flight mode, which for most of us is basically all the time. We're in like this steady state of chronic low-level stress. And this really impacts our metabolic power. So we're going to look at what all of this has to do with human design. All right, guys, can't wait to hop in. Let's do it. I'm Emily. I'm Allison. Allison. We are doing something new today. We're recording one podcast episode for both of our podcasts. It's all about being efficient. Yeah. It's all about (laughs) pressing the easy button in life. We're going to get into like human design and all of this awesome stuff. And essentially what we're looking at in that is making our life make sense and create alignment and simplicity through the complexity of life.
1: Also, just sort of trashing any rules that you think you have to follow. I think that's my main thing is I'm like, what feels good? What works for me, not like what everybody else is doing. I also have something to say. You're wearing a to bra or not to bra shirt, which is the name of your podcast. And I love it. Okay. You're inspiring me to go ahead and get my merch game on. I've I've been putting it off. Okay. I've been watching Seinfeld for the past couple of months with all the like heavy stuff going on in the world. I just couldn't do. How long have you been watching it for? I started like, I think four months ago. The weird thing is, is that starting with season one is so weird. I had to like fast forward to season four. Season one through three are definitely them sort of figuring themselves out. But So last night I fell asleep to the episode of Elaine's friend from high school who doesn't wear a bra. (laughs) And then I was like, oh my god, I have my my episode with Emily tomorrow, the to bra or not to bra girl. Oh, that's amazing. I should have not worn a bra just to celebrate this. Are you wearing a bra? What the hell are you I doing? Am. It's a it's a Spanx bra. It's really comfortable, so it doesn't quite count, but yeah. <laughs> I'm that's
0: in public, not- I'm well, at my it's office. Not an advertisement, <laughs> you guys, but it should be apparently. <laughs> Let's dive in a little bit. Okay, so for my listeners, if you don't know anything about Allison, go listen to the intro. I tell you all about this magical guru.
1: We just found out that we both were accountants in our past life.
0: And we're the same human design profile.
1: Profile. So Emily, you're a 6'2 projector and I'm a 6'2 generator, which I can get to later on. But yeah, projectors are pretty cool. My husband and my sister are projectors. So I like wow. really two people I love most in my life are projectors. And I'm probably many, many more. But one thing I was telling Emily about is projectors are only meant to work like two hours a day. So for her, being a CPA was not going to last very long for me for me, working in accounting lasted like 16 years because I am a generator, but it fucking didn't light me up. So I worked for a very small firm that did only musicians. Wait. Um, very different experience. Is that why you, <laughs>
0: before this week? We <laughs> did. Okay, so obviously, like we talk a little bit before we record our episodes, right? And we were just talking about everything and anything and dating and stuff like that. And Allison was telling me how she used to date a lot of musicians. Is that why? Yeah. I worked in the music industry. So you like did their accounting and then you're like, hey, I did your book. <laughs> come to the no, it didn't, it
1: it wasn't like that. It was fun in Austin the whole music industry is like its own little family it's sort of incestuous in that way where like everybody dates everybody my husband's the first non-musician i ever dated even like in high school oh i just thought
0: of my random ass question for you
1: okay 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 so for
0: those who don't know
1: i have a random ass question segment i
0: it's love it exactly what it sounds like we both ask each other random ass questions and usually like we get into a little bit of the more in-depth stuff before we just dive right into that. But this is such a perfect transition. I feel like we just, we need to start with it. Yeah. There's no rules. No fucking rules. Okay. The question is, what was your first high school real-ish relationship like? Okay. Uh, Assuming, uh, assuming that you had one.
1: Yeah. um... (laughs) Yeah. I was joking about this the other day cuz my first boyfriend was in 7th grade but I only we only dated for like 2 months and I like took a whole month to even hold his hand and then I never kissed him. Poor guy. Oh, we were very opposite. Oh my god. <laughs> I was such like a prude. Anyways, my first relationship was in high school and it lasted through part of college. Um and I was a super band nerd and my boyfriend was also in band, but he was also the quarterback of the football team. So it was a very weird, not normal thing. What high school did you go to? I know, right? It was in Houston, Texas. And we had like a really good band and a really good football team. And so he was just good at both. We both liked each other for a long time, but we couldn't date because my best friend had a crush on him. And so we like for a whole year didn't date. And then he kept asking me out and asking me out. And I kept saying no, because he was going to the choir banquet with her. And then he asked me to the band banquet. And I kept like saying no. And then finally, after he was finished going to the choir banquet (laughs) with her, I said, yes, we're all still friends. So that's a good thing. (laughs) It's so 14 year old, right? Oh my God. Oh my God. The choir banquet. (laughs) Right? What what was your high school experience like? Were were you like a cheerleader?
0: Oh my God, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> but, but a lot of
0: people thought that I was like, on. you know, on the game days when all the girls would like wear their mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, outfits.
0: School. And so it'd be game day. And there were like a few times throughout high school where one of my guy friends would walk up to me and be like, why aren't you wearing your outfit I was like what are you talking about and they were like for jammers or whatever and I was like have you seen me dance
1: (laughs) like I don't know if I'm flattered or if we just don't know each other as well as I thought we did okay so I have to ask you a random ass question yes I feel so much energy right now because you're younger than me and you're in like such a fun time of your life. You're only like 38, right? Yes, I know. But a lot happens between 29 and 38 and you'll see. You don't act 38. No, I sure don't act 38, but it's fun to like live vicariously through you. (laughs) Like any of my like single friends or friends without kids or whatever. I'm like, oh, like when we go out and hang out, I'm like, let's not talk about parenthood or any like I want to talk about your life like it's so much more fun I'm glad I can be that for you (laughs) so the other day it was St. Patrick's and the other day I had like a Facebook memories come up where it's like this is what you posted three years ago it was my pregnancy announcement I have a two and a half year old little girl and so I had posted for St. Patty's Day like a picture of our dogs and the pregnancy announcement and being like no green beer for this mama I'm having a baby, blah, blah, blah. And I posted it on Instagram on my stories and so many people were like, oh my God, you're pregnant. I was like, do you see that that says 2019? Like that's not, you know, people just like see like a sonogram or a pregnancy announcement and they freak the fuck out. It's so weird. But then you post about like your podcast or your business and it's like crickets. It's It's really funny. People are weird. People are weird. Okay, so question. Have you ever... You were pregnant or had a pregnancy scare. I was just thinking about this because I was like, that was the first time I ever took a pregnancy test, was when I was trying to get pregnant. Oh, dear. and I and I, I definitely like maybe thought I was pregnant other time, but then my period would start. So, what was your first pregnancy scare? That's a random ass question. Oh my god, I have the best answer ever for this question. Okay, we're going back
0: to um 13 year old Emily for this one. So, my um boyfriend. We, like, you know, like, did some hand stuff to each other. Had no idea what we were doing, but we did it. (laughs) And I remember this so well. I'm in my friend's bedroom, like, girls. And Mm -hmm. it's me and we had, like, a group of five of us. And we're, like, talking about what we did, obviously. And then I realized that, like, I... Hadn't had my period for a little bit or something, which is so ridiculous because I had just gotten my period like, yeah, last year. Start. Like yeah. I was, I, I wasn't in a hardcore rhythm yet. So my friends convinced me that I could potentially be pregnant. I was like, "What do you mean? We did not have sex." Here was here's the logic behind it: <laughs> that he could have jacked off right before I like went over to his place or something. <laughs> didn't wash his hands or just something and then (laughs) fingered me Mm -hmm. and that,
1: ew, I hate this word, but like the residue (laughs)
0: sperm got in me. This isn't possible. You guys, the sperm dies, Yeah. but we were fucking 13 and got in me and got me pregnant. Yeah. The story does not end there. Oh God. So I'm tweaking out like, Thinking that you're potentially, like, even though it wasn't logical, I was at the time. Yeah. And we, the five of us, like, march on over to the Walgreens near us and get a pregnancy test at the store. Five 13-year-old girls go into the bathroom Walgreens that I didn't even know existed. (laughs) No Walgreens had bathrooms to the public. And- Took the pregnancy test right there. You guys, scariest moment of my
1: teenage Oh my God, year. right? Clearly
0: I was not pregnant. Yeah. That is my answer to your question. Oh my
1: God. That is hilarious.
0: I just remember like we were hardcore Googling, like, is this possible? And this is like 15 years ago. Yeah. So Google was a thing, but it was like just... So the forums were like, no one knew what the fuck they were talking about. And it was like, well, were you in a jacuzzi? Were you... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Good question.
1: When I was thirteen, Google did not exist. We had dial-up internet, and I had AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, so did in I. In chat rooms. Okay, You're not so that not Okay, just making okay. sure. Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of yeah. everything. Do you want to talk about human design first, or I want to talk about human design? Basically, I'll do like a really quick five-minute overview. It's basically like a mixture of. I would say, like, if Enneagram, Myers Briggs, and astrology had a baby, this would be the baby. Is human design? Back off and finger. Yes, <laughs> right. And hopefully, they for real get pregnant, and then you get human design. Jesus. Okay, so there's five types. These are the. This is the thing. Uh, it's all about your energy, like your daily energy. And I have two date never had someone who didn't resonate like completely with their type. So, holler at me if you if you don't resonate with this once you find out. But there's five types. There's generators and manifesting generators. There's projectors, which is what Emily is. I'm a generator by the way. There's manifestors and there's reflectors. So, I'm going to just tell you quick things about each one. Generators and manifesting generators are almost 70% of the population. When they're doing things they love, they create more energy. They can go and go and go all day and don't burn out. And you actually have extra energy that spills over to you that makes you like super magnetic and attractive. But you need to make sure that you're doing things that you enjoy. And you have sort of this like sacral center that's lit up and knows that things are either a hell yes or a hell no. There's no maybes for generators and MGs. So when generators and MGs are doing things that they love and that light them up, it helps everybody else in the world. Mm. Projectors. I love talking about projectors. Projectors are about 22% of the population. They are very, very powerful. They're sort of the future, this future like CEO type. They're not really meant to work for other people. They're only meant to work like two or three hours a day and they really are the most efficient beings. They can do in 15 minutes what it takes others like three or four hours to do. So uh, projectors are really meant to be like guides for other people. You're sort of the like mm. bird sitting on top of the highest branch in the tree and you have a bird's eye view. So it's great that you're a life coach and you know wellness coach. You're really meant to like handhold people. Through making life more efficient, more pleasurable, and all of that kind of stuff for them,
0: is that why people tell me that I'm an expander for them?
1: Yeah, especially probably projectors. Yes, so an expander is like a role model, like somebody who's doing what you want to be doing. I mean, lots of different people could have you as their expander, but you'd. I will be sending a lot of projectors your way to show them, like what a projector living in their design looks like because you're very magnetic. Um, you make invitations come to you. You don't have to force things or hustle. Life just sort of works out for you. I was talking to my therapist
0: yesterday and very big advocate for therapy, you guys. Oh yeah. We we love the therapy over here. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, so she always tells me like four hours a day, that's not just enough, but like three to four hours, that's my sweet spot. Yeah. Like working more than that is not going to move me forward in any way. No, not going to be effective. And, you know, going from working 60 hours a week Mm -hmm. in mergers and acquisitions and like studying my ass off for the CPA while I was in my master's year, the first time she told me that I was in shock. Yeah. And then I accepted it and Oh my God, everything, everything changed.
1: Yeah, When projectors make a change, it's usually the most profound changes that I see. So many of my client, like one-on-one clients are projectors because they just want that somebody telling them that it's okay to only work like three hours a day and that they're actually going to be more successful if they only work three hours a day and rest and play and have fun the rest of the time. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. I love this.
1: Do you want me to go over to the next yeah, title? of Yeah. How- so far, we have generators,
0: manifesting generators, projectors, projectors,
1: and then manifestors are about eight to 9% of the population. They manifest through words and deeds, like using their voice is a really big deal. I mean, people who aren't manifestors can be podcast hosts, obviously, but I always encourage manifestors to like, you could be a podcast host or be on podcast or use their voice a lot and just speak. They have a very much of a yang aura. They give off energy. However, their aura can sometimes be like a lot for other people, sometimes disturbing and sort of like rock the boat. Like manifestors just have this like jolting energy. When you say yang aura, what do you mean? Just super powerful and directive and like, grr, go like get masculine? it. masculine? Yes, almost masculine. They can, they can learn how to be in their feminine, but when they're on, it's like very, initi- they are meant to initiate things, start things start a fire and then let someone else tend the fire like Mm -hmm. they're meant to delegate a ton other people try to control manifestors and it's not good. Even manifestor children, like you, they're the leader of their family. Like the parents can try to parent all they want, but the manifestor kids are going to be the actual leaders of the family unit. It's oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah. And then the final type is reflectors. They are less than 1% of the population. My little two year old's actually a reflector. All of their chakra centers are very open so they can tend to be like super Empathic, oftentimes have like psychic abilities, which I really think most of us do and can tap into, but they just like inherently know it and like stay with that power. They're lunar beings, so they're a lot more... Affected by the moon than the rest of us as humans. And they really get their energy from other people and they're very, very sensitive to their environment. Being a reflector is almost like a canary in the coal mine. Like you put a reflector in a situation and they can tell you the health of that group or environment or team or whatever by the way that their body feels. So they have a lot of superpowers. It's it's pretty cool. So yeah, those are the main types. Totally check out your chart. I have like If you go to the link that has the freebie, you can go take a free masterclass for your type and start digging in. It's pretty fun. Ooh, Yeah. Okay. So, but then there's numbers. What are those? Yeah. So the profiles, that takes quite a while to go through. I have specific episodes for each type, but to just give an example. So the the profiles you'll see like two, like there's a six, two or a six, three or one, three profile is sort of like your archetype. It's like, a costume that you wear, like a way you go about the world and how people see you and how you express yourself, like that kind of thing, sort of, it doesn't have to do as much with your energy, but to give an example, Emily and I are both six twos, which is the role model hermit. The sixth part of it, the role model basically means that you have, your life is divided into three parts, like zero to around 30 ish. 30 to 50 and 50 on. So zero to 30 is your experimenting time to like just play around, trial and error process, do a lot of crazy awesome things, have fun, travel, like not that you can't travel in the future, but just like lots of different, like wear a lot of different hats. Then 30 to 50 is your time to really start stepping into that role model and embracing your specific gifts and like deconditioning and saying fuck you to any any societal rules or conditioning or anything like that. And then 50 on is sort of like Oprah style success and being a big time role model for the collective. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's a great profile on the YouTube podcast. We have most, I'm almost done with all of the episodes. I think I have done half of the profiles and you can dive in there too, to find out what's yours. Okay.
0: I love that all of that is open for free Yeah, because Not this is a bad thing, but I've been to a lot of sites and it's like it takes you to what you are, and then you can't learn more unless you like pay for this in depth program. And I'm like, but tell me a little more so I can know if I want to do the in depth program.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. At the very, very beginning of my business, I was charging a small amount, like $11 for a masterclass, you know, but then I was like, people really need to know about that. Like, they need to go dig in. And then if they want an in-depth reading, like a mini human design reading or a 60 minute human design reading, then you can pay for that with me. But you can learn so much just through my episodes and through the free masterclass. It's so cool.
0: You're so freaking cool. All right, y'all. If you know me, you know that I love low bucks. It's sprouted buckwheat that I put in everything. I'm always looking for something that's low sugar, high protein, high fiber, loaded with antioxidants that I can just throw into a bunch of things that I'm eating throughout the day. And this is it. You guys, seriously, I stock up on it. I recommend it to all of my clients. It is the perfect game changer for adding crunch and getting in that plant-based protein without getting a crazy sugar high with traditional granolas. It's gluten-free, vegan, grain-free, paleo, organic, and best of all, it's woman-owned and run. Will Buck's was a game changer for everything that I eat throughout the day. I put it on my oatmeal, in my smoothie bowls, on top of my smoothie bowls. I put it on toast with peanut butter and banana, and sometimes I'll just eat it straight out of a bowl like it's cereal. It is so freaking good. Please go try it. Your body and your taste buds will be happy that you did. And you can use my promo code EmilyGolan15 at lovelilbucks.com for 15% off your first order. All right, I think you guys understand my obsession. I hope you try it out too and it becomes a staple in your diet. Let's get back to the episode. Who comes to you? Like would one of my clients, I already know the answer to this, but would one of my clients be a good fit for... Getting a human design reading?
1: Literally, anyone who doesn't know about human design needs to learn about it. Okay. The uh, really the main people that human design was made for originally is parents, so that we don't condition our children the way that we were conditioned. Like everybody was sort of raised as a generator, but as a generator, of like, Hey, just do whatever you can to make sure that you're working that 40 to 60 hour a week job to pay the bills. So everybody was like raised in certain conditioning. So now our goal is to not have those conditions and those square boxes for kids to fit into. And that's who it's for mainly. However, most of the people I work with, I work with a lot of moms, but I also work with a ton of entrepreneurs that you utilize these, um, human design processes and all the tips and everything to grow their businesses. It can be useful for anybody. It's really useful for health, like improving your health, mental health, or physical health. I can't help but think it's about like
0: not putting you in boxes, but it's almost like set up where you're like, you put in your data and then you're spit out into a box.
1: Yes. Okay. So that's where it gets interesting because I always say with human design, it is a toolbox for you to pick and choose the things that resonate with you. I've not yet had anybody who didn't resonate with their type. And the cool thing about that is that your type, the five that I just went over, is just one aspect of human design. So there's like, that is a box But there's like probably like 20 different boxes within human design that you can go be like, okay, what does this box mean? What does this box mean? What does this box mean? And it's almost like you, instead of trying to fit yourself into a box, it's almost like you just have 20 boxes inside of a toolbox that you can utilize rather than it being like something that uh, limits you. I also think and this is just me being honest, I don't think human design is going to be around that much longer, <laughs> which what? is why I, in my business, I have a lot of other things that I do too, not just human design. Human design, I think came around. What are for- you talking about? I, I- feel like it's like the new thing. It is the new thing, but okay, weird, really crazy thing. We're in the middle of like a global cycle shift. There's like the last global cycle shift was I I think like 400 years ago. And we're in in the middle of a new one that's 2020 to 2027. I think by the end of 2027, we're not going to need human design anymore. And I think it's going to fade out. So I'm taking advantage of teaching everybody about it right now. But like, because the purpose of it is to help you start listening to your body and your, feel your energy and not force yourself to do things when you don't want to. And I think that as we learn these things, it doesn't need to keep being taught because then that will be the mode that humans are in of just knowing how to listen to their body. Oh, I fucking hope so. Yeah. That's a lofty goal. Yeah. I mean, who knows, maybe it'll be a little longer after 2027, but I love teaching human design and talking about it. But I also have made sure I diversified my business because I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be around for like 30 more years.
0: That's so interesting. So it's like this, almost like this massive habit transformation Mm -hmm. in terms of like our habitual existence of how we're thinking and relating to ourselves, others, and the energy around us.
1: Yes. Which is what you teach. That was a perfect transition. I didn't even...
0: Okay. Yes. So that's what... Okay. Fuck. So in seven years, I'm not going to have a job?
1: No, because you'll have (laughs) other things that you've learned over the next few years that you'll be able to teach and guide people through.
0: And I'll answer my own question. The cool part is that a lot of my clients who enroll with me... We start off with health coaching or at least mm-hmm. what they think is health coaching. And once they get in tune with their body, everything opens up for them. So like mm-hmm. when they re-enroll, that's when like a lot of the cool shit happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're going to see amazing transformation in all areas of your life when we first coach together. Otherwise no one would re-enroll with me. Yeah, But when you start becoming in tune with your body- that's when you start getting in touch with every other area and how that impacts you. Yes. And your energetic relationship between all of these areas of life. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is awesome because I'm thinking right now before we have done, mm-hmm. we were talking about like our audience is for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about like who we work with client wise and you were saying that a lot of your clients over the past few years are in this hyper sensitivity
1: mm-hmm. mode right
0: now. Yeah. You phrased it in a different way.
1: Yeah. So when I, so when I quit the music industry it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, basically the music industry like shut down. Um, so that's when I started getting this business off the ground. And I think, and maybe you could talk about this quite a bit. I just think that the whole, not the pandemic itself, like not the actual virus itself, but like that whole like us being sort of in fight or flight and the isolation and the like not ever knowing what's actually going on and if we're going to be okay. And then the like polarity with other people of like this, anti this, blah, 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 you know, all of that kind of stuff, I think has put me and so many of my clients into this like PTSD feeling like fight or flight, which is where you. Step in to help your people. So can you give us some tips about your nervous system and like how to chill? Because now we have like a war going on. It's just like never freaking ending. And like, I sometimes feel like I would prefer to spend more time feeling grounded than like "Ah," up in my head or above my head.
0: Yeah. Because we have, there's so much stimuli Mm -hmm. right now. It's like, it's, it feels like you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Like you get notifications on your phone about the news because you don't want to be like not aware of what's going on. But when you think about that, all of these micro moments mm-hmm. add up throughout your day and are putting you in a continuous fight or flight stress response. Okay. So let me go over real quick. <laughs> Guys, I'm such a nerd. I love this topic. Made so sure. I want to go over what that fight or flight actually is? Because you hear that all the time, fight, flight, freeze. But what about when you're not in that? And what does that even mean? So here's an overall summary of it. So we have an autonomic nervous system that's responsible for so many things. One of the reasons I love it is because it's also responsible for digestive activity. So There's two branches. We have the parasympathetic and we have the sympathetic. The parasympathetic is also known as the rest and digest response. So this is the optimal state for digestion. This is when you're in like a more relaxed state.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The cool thing is when the parasympathetic system is activated, our metabolic power goes up. That's just one part of it though. All of our our overall functioning, because our system is relaxed and we're not in like hyper aware, intense, I have to be super on mode, everything's flowing and working in a way that's serving you towards your goals, right? But our bodies are really smart. So we also have the sympathetic nervous system, which is definitely helping you achieve your goals in cases where you need to have your fight or flight instinct turned on. This is our stress response. This is how we as humans survived all of these years. So when we're stressed out, what happens is our digestion shuts down. All of our our blood is flowing out to our extremities, to our brain so we can think quickly, This is when like the textbook example is if a lion was chasing you down the street after lunch, Mm -hmm. like you would not be concerned with digesting the sandwich that you just had Mm -hmm. your sympathetic nervous system kicks on and it would effectively shut down digestion, direct the blood flow away from the belly out to your arms and legs for this quick moving. And then up to your brain for quick thinking. So you can get the fuck out of there and not get eaten by the lion. Great. Thank you for this survival mechanism. Glad I'm still here. This is truly a brilliant mechanism for our existence, but most of us do not have to confront lions, tigers, or bears. Sorry, I had to with that. Yeah. On our lunch hour, but we do encounter stress. Yeah. And on a physiological level, your body does not differentiate between a lion chasing you down the street and your boss yelling at you or getting in an an intense traffic jam or finding out about some annoying thing that your friend just did that you're now going to be mad about. It's like one obviously is life-threatening and the other is obviously not. Or seeing an Instagram post that triggers you. Oh, that's a perfect example. And to talk back about high school, like you see an Instagram post of someone from high school that you weren't even really friends with and for some reason it triggers you. And it's like this constant accumulation of activation of the stress response. Yeah. So if on a physiological level, your body is responding in the same way, what's happening is your body is shutting off digestion. It's storing fat for survival mode. Like, Mm -hmm. think about it. Like your body's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to need that later to Mm -hmm. energize me when I don't have food and it decreases our metabolic power. Okay. Mm -hmm. I could go into this so much talk about cortisol, Mm -hmm. all of this. I'm looking at it through obviously this more metabolic state perspective, but That's the overall description of how it works.
1: Yeah. And so for health, I mean, everybody needs to go to Emily to follow her and get all these little tips and everything because you know way more about this than me. But like the metabolic processes make total sense to me. And then it's also just your superpower as a projector is to teach people how to be more efficient. And that's what I'm thinking about is like when we're in that fight or flight all day long, we are not efficient because then you're having to be like, okay, hold on. Let me calm down so that I can think rationally and like get this task done or whatever. Yes. It's like it's like when people think that multitasking is going to get more done when in reality, it's like the worst thing that you can do ever. That's the same thing for like your nervous system overreacting to things.
0: A hundred percent. We're in this Chronic low level steady state of stress. And mm. like, have you ever had a stomach ache or your digestion is off? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't poop for a few days mm-hmm. and the opposite, or um, you're getting really bloated. I don't know. Anything that has to do with your digestion, it's because it's so synced with our nervous system. Yeah. And if you're constantly in, this sympathetic fight or flight state well yeah you're going to feel off and so what this is telling you is it's basically it's a signal that yeah. something is something's off something has got to change so the question is what and how yeah and that's that's where i come in i come in with the transformational habit change looking at shifting that neurological connection between what you're doing and what's pleasurable to you mm-hmm. so that you are living a lifestyle that most of the time is in a parasympathetic state, allowing you to live your fullest life.
1: So will you give us like one quick little tip on how to get yourself semi-quickly into more of a rest and digest if you feel that you're activated? Yes.
0: Okay. You're going to roll your eyes, everyone listening, when I say this. The best tip is your breath. So before you stop listening... This is not about meditating for 10 minutes, okay? This is about tricking your body into thinking that it's in a relaxed state by breathing as though you are in a relaxed state. Your brain is like, oh my God, I thought I was super stressed out, but I'm breathing like a relaxed person, so I guess
1: I must be relaxed, I want to trick my brain all day long. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: okay. So here's, here's how you can do it quickly without spending like a total of an hour a day trying to do this. My biggest trick is to do the five, five, seven breath, which is breathe through your nose for five seconds. And then you hold it around your throat area for five. And then you release through your mouth all of the, the stale energy in your tummy. So this works, usually even like three breaths start to get you in that state. I'm doing it. And what- it feels is, good.
1: I feel high. Yeah, you do. You truly do. And that's what it is. You're living in a state where you're high on life. You just have to remember to do it. I hold my breath so much and I know that it's terrible because then I get like, ugh, I just bad. So, so if I need to do this.
0: Yes. The remembering to do it is- such a good topic. And honestly, we should have like a part two, but the key to implementing these habit changes is tying them to something that you already do so that it's not another thing that you have to remember. Yeah. Like we don't want more things on our to-do list. That's not fun. So how do we tie it into our daily actions in a way that doesn't require more effort, but that's actually serving us. So maybe when I drink some tea or water, I could do it. Yeah. Like every time you go up to get water, that can be your reminder. Like while you're filling your water, you can do it.
1: I like that. It's so simple, but it's like so real. Like when I do sit and remember to fully breathe, it's like, oh, I just saved myself a whole hour of like manic thinking and frantic trying to make things happen and getting overwhelmed and just feeling even worse. And then being like, oh my God, I need to numb out in some way. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And I think the resistance that most people feel towards using your breath is that you got to do it for at least five minutes. Yeah. Or you got to hardcore meditate. No, that's not true. I mean, those are also helpful techniques, but just doing this a few times throughout your day. I know I had a client who every single time she Drove home from work and it was like her two minute transition mode. She would Mm -hmm. put on a song and she would sit in her car before she walked into her house and she would do the breathing. Yeah. And it was a game changer for her. Yeah. Because she was received in a totally different energy state by her husband. Ooh,
1: I wanna ask her what her human design is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to. Yeah. This has been so great. So fun. Okay, we have like a lot of other things we still need to talk about. So maybe part two.
0: Maybe part two. Okay, let us know, you guys. All right, love it.
1: Thanks for coming on, Ditto. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, girl.
0: It. Talk, Talk to soon. You soon. Oh my goodness, you guys, that was such a fun <laughs> episode. Wow, wow, I I loved every bit of it and learning about my human design type. You, it's it's so cool. You got to go check it out. And Allison, she has free human design charts that you can download so that you can see what your type is and what it's all about. It's at youdowoo.com slash freebies. And if you want to book a personal reading with Allison for your human design, you can use the coupon code BRA, B-R-A, obviously, for 10% off your reading with her. I invite you to share this episode with anyone that you know who you think would resonate with it. So whether they are already into human design or they're one of your friends who's like not really woo-woo and super spiritual, but is kind of like wanting to dip their toes in the water and see what it's all about, that's who this is for. It just, it resonates with everyone. It's, It's creepy in a way, but it's so cool. And when you take a look at your human design type, when you're looking at your free chart, let us know what resonates with you. Tag us on Instagram at Tabra or not podcast and at you do woo and let us know, did it resonate with you? What about it stood out to you? Maybe there's something that you didn't know before, like as a projector. Oh my God. If I had known that three to four hours a day was my prime, like I can't even I already knew that, but I was like forcing myself to work. There's so many cool things. Check it out, you guys. See you on the next episode.